Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 177 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Allison Woods. Allison lives in Sacramento, California, and she is an intermittent fasting health coach. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Well, I'm so honored to have you. And so now I'm going to let the audience in on um, something that you and I both know is that we actually met in person in June. Yeah. It was June, right? Yeah, it was June. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was here at the beach and we have a mutual friend, Lori Lewis, who's been on this podcast. And she's like, oh, somebody that's in our community is at the beach. Y'all should reach out to each other. I'm like, all right. So we did. And we met and we had dinner together along with your wife. And it was one of my favorite places, Tupelo Honey, here in Myrtle Beach. So we've met in person. But here we are having our podcast interview. 
Yeah, that was so much fun to be able to meet you. And I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you for a while. So this well, is great. I've been, and we had our, this had already been scheduled before we got together for dinner. So because we, we scheduled this in, gosh, it was like April. So it's... <laughs> So it was nice to meet you. And so now I feel like I'm chatting with an old friend because we've met face to face already. So that's my favorite. Anyway, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, it's actually quite a long story. (laughs) We got time and we love it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've been overweight and morbidly obese for my entire adult life. Starting with like when I was a toddler, I was maybe two or three and my mom tells a story. She dropped me off at a neighbor's house to have a play date and came and picked me up and they said, Allison was great, but she ate all the cookies out of the cookie jar. And I've been sneaking cookies ever since. Uh, My first diet was uh, when I was nine. So I was taking dancing. I know you, uh, you your mom had the dance studio. So I was doing tap and jazz and ever since I had been like three years old. And by the time I was nine, I was the biggest girl in the class. I had mm-hmm. trouble doing some of the moves. I just hated it. Cause you know, in dance class, it's one big long mirror in front of the right. entire class. Right. And so I begged my mom to help me. And so she let me go on the diet she was on then, which was the Cambridge diet which was these terrible powders you make into shakes and these horrible, they called them candy bars, but they tasted like chocolate styrofoam. And uh, it was just, but that, that started my diet history. And, you know, my parents really tried. They had no snacks or sweets in the house, but I still find a way to get them all the time. And when I was 16 and I started driving, it was like, yes, now I can go get my own food. Right. So you just had the pull towards them. And and it was almost like an addiction, really, it sounds like. It absolutely was. From the very beginning, I I have an addicted brain, which I'm about to get to in my story. So I knew that was coming since we met in person. I remember that. But it's like your brain lit up differently. Yes. And, And then it's hard to say no when your brain is doing that. I get it. Yes. Yes. So when I was 16, and I was getting my first car, I decided to get a stick shift specifically so I wouldn't be able to eat and drive at the same time because I was trying anything I could to stop. Right. And so I was like, oh, I can't drive a stick shift and eat, but very quickly soon figured out how to do that. And then I wanted to, I really wanted to stop again. So then I started smoking and I was like, I hate the smell of cigarettes. I hate the taste of cigarettes. So this will get me to stop eating. And for sure, I can't smoke and drive and eat in the car. Oh, yes, I can. So. <laughs> we are so talented. <laughs> and were those in the days, because we're, we're, we're similar to the same age, right? We are the same age. I yeah. thought we were. I thought we were. But the days when there weren't cup holders and you had to put your, like, if you had a drink in the car, you had to put it in your lap. Remember those days? Yeah. Or did you have a yeah. cup holder? My first car did not have a real cup holder. Yeah, it had one that, that like kind of sat somewhere, but it was hard to get You could to hook and... it on the window. Yeah. They're real flimsy. Yes, I remember this. You had to like yes. put your drink in between your legs kind of like and like yes. hold it in there with your thighs, right? Right. Right. <laughs> I did so, that too. Yeah. Yep. 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 And so it was. So you uh, started smoking. I started smoking to stop eating and it didn't work. I kept eating. 
And I kept eating and eating and, and trying different diets and things. And then one thing led to another and someone introduced me to drugs and I was hooked from the beginning because already I'm an addict. I'm addicted to food already. So the drugs had no chance. So it didn't take me very long to bottom out on drugs. And I have been clean and sober now since June 9th of 1993. So I'm 28 years clean and sober. But at the time, it was a miracle to me because I had very little money. I was in my early 20s. I had very early money. So I could either spend money on food or I could spend money on drugs. And if I spent money on drugs, it would take my appetite away right. and I wouldn't want to eat. And I was like, oh, yes, finally, something you that found stops it. me. I found it. Right. I found my yeah. miracle. Yeah, except no. <laughs> well, you know, that because was my brain. I know it's a different story, but diet pills did that to my brain. And I mean, I know that they're legal and you get them from a doctor, but yeah, it lit my brain up and, and, and soothed my brain in a way. You know, I never tried... I've never tried any illegal drugs because I don't know. I'm one of those people when they told us in school, remember, they're like, if you try it one time, you're going to get addicted. I'm like, okay. I believed them. I believed them too. And I knew it. And mm-hmm. just something that day, I said yes. And then I had and no. It, but it did yeah. happen, right? What they said was going to happen did happen. It did. It did. Yeah, and I was wrong. that egg. This is yeah. you. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs with the mm-hmm. frying egg. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Was that. That yeah. was my brain frying on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. Was, it. Yeah. And, but I was just so desperate. So it only took three, four months for me to really hit bottom. And I ended up in rehab. And in those three or four months, though, I went from a size 24 to a size 14. And wow. I thought, oh, yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. And I look so good. Right. And they took a picture from the day that I went into rehab and I looked terrible. Mm-hmm. I was all sunken in and you know, huge dark circles all the way under my eyes. And just, I, I looked malnourished. I wasn't happy. I couldn't smile. Right. I didn't, I wasn't enjoying or living life even anymore. And so, but I just, I, I had this thought that, well, now that I'm down here, I'll never go back up. Right. I'm just going to start from here and be healthy. Except when you're in rehab, in order to help you get off drugs, they give you free access to all the food you want. And it's usually high carb, highly processed, lots of sugar. Sugar, because because that is what's lightening up your brain at that time. It's still lightening up your brain. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And they also gave us cigarettes. So it took me another two years to stop cigarettes. But I haven't had a cigarette since 1995, so that's that's good, too. (laughs) But I was still on diets. So when when I got out of rehab, I remember I went, I was working in a clothing store, and I was, the size 14s I was wearing was starting to get tight. But there was this dress I fell in love with, and it was a size 12, and I bought it. And I was like, I am going to fit into this. And that dress stayed in my closet all the way until 2011 when I had a house fire and lost it. But it was in the wrapper the entire time. I never got down to where I could could wear that. And it, it was like taunting me from my closet for all those years. See, I was having a prediction in my head that we were going to go to a place where now that dress fits you. And then I'm so sad that it got burned up in a fire. So here's the thing that I know yeah. today. 
that dress would be swimming on me today. Right, right. Swimming. Yeah. So that's incredible. But, you know, we've all had those moments. I remember buying clothes that were just like one size down over the years. And I'm like, this is going to fit me. I'm going to go ahead and get it. Then I'm going to lose some weight. Nope. And then it would just stay there with the tags on it. I know that feeling. I bet a lot of listeners do, too. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to skip ahead for a second. But yeah, I recently cleaned out my closet. And I found all these dresses during COVID. I couldn't go anywhere. So right. I wasn't wearing any dresses. And I skipped sizes. And I yeah. had all these dresses that had tags on them that could uh, that just got too big on me. You just like, missed it. I missed it. I missed all those dresses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I've I've been on every commercial diet. I've done like carbohydrate addict diet. When I read that book, I was like, yes, this is the answer. No. You're right. Um, I've done Weight Watchers so many times. Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, Diet Center. Oh, in college, they gave me special permission because we begged them and my parents wrote this letter and everything about that, you know, that I really needed to lose weight. So I got permission to have a microwave in my dorm room for, and no one else could. And I also got permission to not be on the campus meal plan, which was not allowed everyone, but I got permission to be off it because I had to have all these special foods. And within a week, I'm asking my friends to sneak me food out of the cafeteria. The I'm going yeah. with them and eating off of their plates. And I still have the microwave, but I'm I'm clearly not losing weight or doing the diet or anything like that. And then later on, I'm starting to count calories, count macros, count this, count that, and going to gym. Always, always like, oh, isn't it all about eat less, move more? So right. I don't know how many gyms I've joined, jazzercise and uh, all that. Yeah. You know, and, and that always failed for me as well. And look, there are definitely people who um, exercise is a huge part of their weight loss success. You know, I was interested when I was doing the research for um, Fast Feast Repeat and found that genetically there are some people that exercise is more necessary for weight loss. For me, it's never really done anything, but it made me hungrier. Yes. I would, when I would work out a lot, I would be so hungry. Sherry and I, we're at the beach. We're recording this, by the way, for anyone who's listening. It's coming out in December, but we're recording it in August. So I'm at the beach, and Sherry, who's my co-host on Life Lessons, was here. And we went um, kayaking for almost two hours the other day. And we got out of those kayaks, and we were starving. And it just reminded me, you know, that's why exercise never really did it for me, because I was always so hungry after I worked out. That's my experience, too. Mm-hmm. I like to work out now when I'm in a fasted state, but I right. know to time it within an hour of when my window is going to open because I, I get hungry and tired, yeah. really tired from exercise. I never get that endorphin rush that everybody does. So Yeah, we did go for a long walk on the beach this morning and almost, well, it was about an hour. And so I haven't opened my window yet, but I'm still looking at the clock. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but so in between all those different diets and the gym, I was in my car going to multiple drive throughs at a time and pretending I'm buying meals for other people and going to the donut shops and ordering a dozen donuts and pretending I'm buying them. You know, she'll have this one and she'll have this one. And they're all for me. They're all for you. They're yeah. all for me. And I don't, the people who are selling them to me do not care. Right. <laughs> but I did. Right? I'm it was a game. A, yeah. Playing yes. that game. Yeah. One of my biggest like 
it really hit me where I was and how down I was when I went to Costco and bought a pumpkin pie and sat down and ate it with a fork. And that yeah. was my dinner. And, you know, these giant pies. Oh, they are. They're bigger than normal pies, aren't they? They're bigger. They are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you just, you didn't have the, I've had enough time to stop switch. Like that was missing completely. The off switch was right. not there. It was completely mm-hmm. missing. And now, thank you, I know why, but I had no idea what was going on. And well, it sounds I like you struggled knew. with it from toddlerhood on, right? I did. I, mean, I did. You know, when you were that toddler who ate all the cookies. Yes. Yes. It's always been a struggle. And uh, I've been in Overeaters Anonymous for many, many years and would try to be abstinent, but it, the pull just kept, the food mm-hmm. just pulls me in. And pulls were you me ever, in. So, were you yo-yoing or was it just, you oh, just yeah. couldn't lose? You were, you were going up and down? Oh no, I was going up and down, but okay. it was always back up. So right. more. Like the stock market down, then up higher, yes. then down, so yes. then up higher. Right. That yeah. was my weight I, graph. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I dieted my way up to 369 pounds. Wow. I mean, I was morbidly obese. And and how tall it, are you? I was 5'6 at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm five five and a half now. <laughs> Gravity. Gravity. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, my, I would bounce between size 20 and 24, I would say. But then when I got really high up there. I mean, I was wearing size 30, 32s. There was only like one or two stores that I could find clothes in. I was wearing size 5X. Wow. At the time. And I was on 
thyroid medicine, high blood pressure medicine. My I could barely walk because I had plantar fasciitis and problems with my knees and I was pre-diabetic. All, all those issues were happening. So in 2011, I finally got to a point where I was like, I need help. I need to stop. I can't stop on my own. I keep trying all these things. and They're not working. So I had a gastric bypass, a Roux-en-Y gastric bypass. It was 10 years ago. August of 2011 was when I had that. And I lost over 150 pounds uh, after the gastric bypass. It took about two years to lose that weight. And my lowest weight that I got down to, I, I remember, was 213 pounds. You know, it was this close to Wonderland. Right. And for anybody who doesn't know, Wonderland is when you have a one in the hundreds place. And so any of us who have been, you know, when I was 210 in the twos, Wonderland, it's with an O-N-E, it's what you're really looking forward to. You just want that one digit. You were very close. So close. And it it was like my dream to be, just get to Wonderland. And they even told me when I had the gastric bypass, you'll lose about 80% of what you need to lose. So Mm -hmm. I had a number in my head that I wanted to get to. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I got to 213. And no. What was that number? About 180. The number in my head was 180. So then I bounced back up um, a moment, almost immediately. And so here's the thing. When I was at my lowest then uh, was right around the time that I got engaged. And I went and picked out my wedding dress. And you know, it takes a couple months for the wedding dress to come in after you order right. it. And by the time it came in, I was like 230, 235 oh. and doing everything I desperately could to lose weight. And it, I, it didn't. And I ended up having to take my dress to a seamstress and she basically had to rip out almost every single seam to get it. So to your fit. body was fighting back at that point. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was fighting back. And just a few months after we got married, I got pregnant with our son. And after that, basically, I I regained over 70 pounds from when my lowest with the gastric bypass. And then I was bouncing between like 265 and 284 pounds. Like it was in my head. I'm not going over 285. Right? Yeah. But. I did that for four and a half years. And again, trying everything, whatever the latest was and more, lots of cleanses this time. Cleanses seem to be the thing and powders, cleanse, you know, you, protein shakes and right. all of that. So, but my health issues started coming back and my little guy does not sit still. And I was having a really hard time keeping up with him. It was really hard getting down on the ground to play with him. And and I was afraid to take him out places by myself because he was getting to the point where he wasn't just in the stroller mm-hmm. and he could run faster than me and get away and I wouldn't be able to get him. And I, I remember those days too. Yeah, they, they were both my boys. They were 18 months apart and they were busy little fellas. <laughs> I remember being in a store one time and they're like climbing up on the shopping cart, looking like they're going to fall out of it. And somebody was like frantically watching us. And I'm like, look, we're going to be fine. (laughs) We're just trying to buy some groceries. (laughs) This is just normal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So you 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 were had you know you felt like I guess probably very frustrated because you know you thought you'd found your answer with the gastric bypass. I stopped working that tool to the right. best of my ability, and then once I stretched out my stomach and I realized I could eat more food, I couldn't stop again. Yeah. And one of the things that had happened when I was pregnant was uh, you know morning sickness. And they had suggested, you know, always have crackers with you, right? And some some protein and some crackers. So in my mind, okay, so I always have to have peanut butter crackers with me and take them to bed with you because if you wake up, you want to be able to have them. Well, then that became something that, like, I could not go to bed four and a half years later without bringing snacks with me to bed, just in case I woke up in the middle of the night and was hungry. And guess what? I always woke up in the middle of the night hungry because I knew there were snacks sitting inside wow. my nightstand. See, that's foreign to me. I've never once in my, I mean, I believe it's true because I've heard it from enough people, but like never one time in my life I've woken up out of a sleep and been hungry in the middle of the night. I don't know if it was true hunger. I'm not sure that I ever really experienced true hunger until I started yeah. intermittent fasting, but it, it was an obsession. It was a well, you're not alone in struggling with that because there are there. I mean, I've heard it from enough people that they really do wake up in the middle of the night and need to go have a snack. They feel yeah. like they need it to go back to sleep. So, I all of you that struggle with that, that is a challenge. I'm I'm grateful that I've never had that issue because I just when I'm in the bed, I don't want to get out of the bed when I'm sleeping for a snack for anything. But I know it's got to be hard to have that pull and you know, the snacks right there and there it is. Yeah, yeah. And it was a terrible habit to be in because once mm-hmm. I was in it, I couldn't, the thought of not bringing it to bed, it was like, well, then I would have to get out of bed and go, right. and I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that brings me to May of 2019, just before my 50th birthday. And I go to get my wedding ring claimed and I see our jeweler, Chris. Oh, wait, no, Lena went to get my, my ring clean and she came home and said, you have That's to go right. see Chris. Yep. I remember Lena telling that story yes, at dinner. Yes. Yep. She was, I was like, like, wait, yeah, how Chris. did I know that? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. She said, you have to go see Chris. You won't believe it. So Chris was this guy. He was big guy and he had had so many health problems. He could not walk from the back of his storeroom up to the front without help. And he had to have a stool to sit down and help customers. He couldn't stand at the counter. So I went to see him to pick up the ring and out comes this younger looking guy bouncing out of the back room. He's lean, he's trim. And I was like, please, please tell me what you've done. (laughs) Tell me how you did this. This is incredible. And so he said, Oh, I'm doing this intermittent fasting and he named some names and I'm I'm gonna bet it was Dr. Fung, but I Probably. do not remember exactly because then he, he said, and it's fantastic, you just you eat only at certain times of the day and then you stop and you don't eat for the rest of the day and your body resets and this is what I eat. And then he went into what and I so at first I was like, Oh, this sounds great. I can do this. I've heard a little bit about this, but I don't really know, but it really works. Look, you're somebody And then he went into what he eats and what he eats is keto. Okay. And so he was, oh, so you have to eat eggs and you can eat bacon and you eat avocado. And 
I don't eat any of those things. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, I don't like meat protein that much. I am a beans, more vegetarian type person. I was like, Oh, here's another thing that works for everyone else that won't work for me. Cause that seems to be, you felt like it had to be keto because that's what he was doing. Right. Yes. I didn't know there that those were two separate things at that point. Mm -hmm. And for every other diet that I've been on it, there was always something that made it so I couldn't do it a hundred percent like everyone else did. Like, Oh, you have to eat eggs on this diet. Well, I don't eat eggs. Oh, you have to eat fish on this diet. I don't like fish. You have to. So there was always something that was like, Oh, because of that, this diet is also going to fail. And I didn't yet know it wasn't the diet. Right. So, uh, so I, I, I was, oh, bummer. And then th- there was a little something in my head, though, that was like, maybe. So I came home and told Lena about it. And she then told me there was a doctor that she worked with that we really respect. She's like, well, he does it. He's doing this intermittent fasting thing. But he doesn't eat keto. He eats all kinds of foods. And he's doing it and he feels great. He's doing it for the health benefits. And he says that it really works. I was like, oh, well, maybe there's something to this. So I went and looked it up on Google because where else are you going to look for health information? Uncle Google. (laughs) (laughs) And I really didn't find that much great information. So then I went to the next best place to find health information. Was it Amazon? Facebook. Oh, I think it was Amazon. That's where I go. <laughs> I went to Facebook. I was like, there's got to be a group out there for this. So I found a group and I joined a group. It was intermittent fasting, one of these intermittent fasting groups. And I, I didn't know any different. So I'm, right. I'm looking at what, what they're, I'm reading everything. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Well, it was a group that was focused on calories in, calories out. I know that group. It was the biggest one, right? The it biggest was the biggest group, group which is yep. why I thought it was the best because it was one go. of the biggest groups. It's so big, yes. <laughs> yes. And they were saying it's all about calories in, calories out. And if you pee on this one person, he'll tell you exactly how many calories you need based on all your particular stats. And I did that. And I don't even remember what the amount was. But And they were like, it, as long as you're having less than 10 calories during your fast, then you're still fasting. And it doesn't matter, and you can have yeah. all that. Right? Like, I guess you could eat one jelly bean every 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> well, what I was doing was chugging diet soda because I drank right. diet soda all the time. That was always with me. And I remember a long time ago people telling me, you got to stop the diet soda. I'm like, it's not the diet soda that's making me fat. It's the box of ice cream bars I just ate. So right. I, leave me alone with my diet soda. <laughs> right? And so I, I was drinking tons and tons of diet soda. So I was I was needing my diet soda. I drank yeah. my diet seven up and I was chewing gum just to make it. And I was literally standing at the counter, holding the counter. My knuckles were literally white, looking at my phone, willing it to be 16 hours so I could eat and then eating That's how everything I could. That was me. I remember being at school in the early days of intermittent fasting when it, you know, it didn't work for me. And I remember looking at the clock and thinking, can I eat my snack? When can I eat my snack? And just being starving. I'm like, well, it's not time yet. I'll drink another diet soda. Right. Right. I need, I needed it everywhere. And 
and it was it was terrible. And I was like, yeah. this, this this can't be what everybody else is doing because they're all talking about how much freedom they have and how easy this is, and this is the easiest thing they've ever done. And I'm like, this is hard. And I know that this is not sustainable. I know for me, I would not be able to do this for long. And I didn't want this to be another thing that I failed at because there was something inside me that said, this is the thing. This is the one that you need. And so keep digging. But I was starting to, again, bring snacks with me to bed. I remember we were visiting my parents in New York and I was downstairs gathering snacks into a little baggie to bring upstairs to bed. But I was reading all of these forums in, in this group. And in, I, I always, it was a group that wasn't very nice. So you couldn't really ask questions without getting beat up. It was right. It, so I didn't ask any questions, but I read every question people asked. And then I read all the responses and one person in one of the responses it said, if you really want to know how to do intermittent fasting, read Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. I'm now sure that person oh. got blocked right after writing that, probably. <laughs> probably. That's the group. I got blocked from that group within one day. Yeah, it was uh, like... <laughs> This is before I had written Delay, Don't Deny, by the way. And it was even before the obesity code had come out that I got blocked. That's how long ago it was. But I knew by then that it wasn't just calories in, calories out. Because I had been reading Dr. Fung's blog posts, which I remember when I first found that it was before he wrote the obesity code. And a lot of those blog posts came together to become the obesity code. But I was reading it. Like, I remember when I first found those blog posts, I was just reading from one to the other and just like on the edge of my seat. Like, what is he telling us? And and then it all just started to make sense. And I'm like, it's not just calories in, calories out. Oh, my gosh. So I was in there talking about that. And they're like, nope, banned, blocked, boom, you're out. And I'm like, okay. So that didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am no longer a part of that group. So right. uh, soon after I found your group, I was like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. And I left. But I, so today is August 27th. This is my two year anniversary of clean fasting. I found your book on the evening of August 26th. I stayed up all night. I could not put it down. Oh, yeah. You were telling my story. Yeah. The whole thing. It was me. And at the end, and when you're, you're, you're writing about, I'm intermittent fasting and I'm still eating Doritos. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> I've come a long way since then, right? That was 2016 <laughs> when I wrote that. I still like Doritos, but I don't have any Doritos here in the beach cottage. <laughs> I have organic pita chips. I do have those, but with my organic hummus. <laughs> Being able to write that then spoke right. to me and allowed me the the time I needed to to get into this and really really do it and so within three days I, I just looked it up before I, and be, within three days of reading your book and starting to clean fast I was fasting 20 hours a day on wow. average it without makes a problem. so much difference it makes such a difference in in the way that it feels yeah. for any of us that have done it both ways it really, really does. Yeah. 
I was lucky enough. I am in your book in Fast Beast Repeat. I'm on page You're 77. The, the section, what I, is, is it the clean fast section the or the what fast. I wish I knew? Okay. The clean fast section. And, and Which I page? All about that. It's page 77. I'm Allie from Elk Grove. That's Love me. it. So, yeah. But the other thing I was looking at is even though I do an average, I say I do an average of a 20-hour fast, 20 hours fasting, four-hour window, I have no perfect month. I have yep, no me month. neither. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I love that about this, that it's flexible and that it's okay. And that I'm, I'm getting all the results. So right after I read your book, I listened, I tried to read the obesity code and just too many technical medical mm-hmm. terms that I was having trouble keeping track of it all. So I switched to audible with that one and I listened to it on audible and as soon as I finished listening to that, I stopped having artificial sweeteners, which means like I haven't had general, a diet ever. soda. You ever. stopped having them completely. Completely. Right. I yeah. haven't had a Not diet soda Not just in your fast, but you, yeah. yeah. That's, I think that is so good for our bodies to stop having those anytime. Like that is, I'm, you know, cleanish, my new book coming out. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll be just under a month away from the release of cleanish. January 4th is the estimated date. Things change. That could be different. But as of now, January 4th. But um, I'm cleanish. So I'll still eat Doritos. I'll still have, you know, I, I'm not hardline on very many things, but artificial sweeteners are one of them. That's one of the things I'm hardline on. I don't have it, and I don't like the way they taste, and I can't think of any benefit that they would give me. There's no reason. Like I, on Christmas morning, I was drinking orange juice at my my dad and my stepmother's house. We we go there every Christmas morning, and I'm like, why does this orange juice taste weird? And I went over and looked at it, and they had gotten light orange juice with artificial sweeteners. I'm like, why? Why are we drinking this? So I stopped drinking it. It wasn't good. So it's like, I'm not going to drink it. It's not worth, I don't like the taste. Exactly. I'm the same way. I'm like, if I'm going to have anything, it would be sugar. Right. I, I don't do sugar now. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But I was still doing sugar, and I felt so much better than with the artificial sweeteners and the aftertaste. And I just, I was like, if I'm going to have something, it's going to be real. It's not going to be this chemical stuff. You know, once we get that out of our systems, you know, I was addicted to, to, you know, aspartame. I'm sure I was a big diet Coke drinker back Mm -hmm. in the day. And funny, all those years that I was drinking all that diet Coke all day long, those were the years, you know, when my boys were in elementary school that I was steadily getting bigger and bigger. You know, the more diet Coke I drank, the bigger I got. And then I also was drinking diet Mountain Dew. And I would just crave that flavor of that aspartame. I loved it. But now that I've broken that cycle and I don't have it anymore, it's not good. So anybody who's listening, if you've ever thought, you know, I would really like to stop drinking it. I know it's not good for my gut microbiome. I know it's not making me healthier. Rip off that Band-Aid and just stop. Yeah. I'm talking about in your eating window. You know, Even in your eating window, you will be glad and then eventually you won't like it anymore. That's the thing. Once you break that pleasure cycle with it, it is not pleasurable anymore. Yeah, I was a Fresca girl. I would drink oh, I cases drink and Fresca. cases and Fresca. And now I liked it. Mm-hmm. just thinking about the taste of it doesn't even sound no, good. No, my grandmother drank Fresca. She always <laughs> Mine did that. too. Yeah. <laughs> did we have the same grandmother? Did we she eat have... chicken and a biscuit crackers? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Tab? Tab. Tab? Tab was a part of it. Yep. Tab well, and here's the one. 
Did she drink Sanka? Yes. Okay, Sanka. same grandmother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so after you read the obesity code, that was it for artificial sweeteners, even in your eating window. No more yep. of that. No more. No more. I don't like them. And I, I specifically read labels to make sure that I'm not getting them. And I I don't like, when, you know, when you, because I, my mom was big on the low fat. And so that was what I always had in my head was that I had to do low fat. So I'd always buy low fat things and go for low fat ice cream and low fat this. But in order to make them low fat, they usually put artificial sweeteners in them because they didn't want to put real sugar in them. Well, they're full of all sorts of chemical stuff. To make it low fat and palatable, they have to substitute. And so you'll have that same mouth feel, but you're getting it from the funky chemicals. I'd rather just eat less haagen exactly <laughs> a exactly. lot of low fat that's just yeah yeah but even when I've, i i so one time i got some sort of light ice cream i was like yuck this right i could taste it just didn't taste good i was like what's the point so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 so uh so yeah so that's what brought me to intermittent fasting and i love know, it so once you started the clean fast <laughs> two years ago today, which I love, you've been clean fasting. So what happened, you know, with your weight? When you started the intermittent fasting, you'd been struggling. You'd regained about 70 pounds. Yeah. So what's happened yeah. with your weight since then? Yeah. So since I started, I've lost over 140 pounds since I started with intermittent fasting. fasting. That's amazing. I am half the way. I started at around 280 and I'm in the 140s now. Wow. That, yeah. that just feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, it, it still blows my mind. I still, when I go clothes shopping, I'm, I'm wearing a size extra small shirt and in my head. And I even say this out loud, loud to Lena. I'm like, where do the normal people shop if I'm fitting into an extra small? Because I feel like that sometimes too, because I just feel, I feel like a normal sized person. And I'm like, well, if I'm buying this extra small, there, <laughs> right. where, you know, where do yeah. all the real people shop? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And my brain still does things. So I, when I weighed myself this morning, my head still puts the two in front. So the scale says 143 and I think I'm 243. I'm like, no, wait, I have to get back on and look at it again. Oh, wait, I. There's really, I really am in Wonderland. There's a one yeah, there. You're solidly That's, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am below any even dream weight that I had. My last big goal was to get into, quote unquote, normal BMI. Right. And I'm there. I'm there. It's You are absolutely smack dab in the middle of a healthy weight for your height. Yes. Yes. It's unbelievable. So I started getting up in my head a little bit about, so what should my goal weight be? How, how low should I go? And I was, stop. Right, wipe it away. Let that go. I, I'm okay right where I am. And if my body, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because it feels good. And if my body wants to go lower, it will. And if my body stays here, this is great. That's the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. I am wearing a size... 10 jeans and they're getting a little big on me. Yep. That's out of the, I was in a size 30, 32 at one point in my life. When I started intermittent fasting, I was wearing a size 22, 24. I was hoping for 22s, but really I needed the 24. 
And all I wanted was to be size 14. That, that was my big dream was, can I just get into size 14? And so this just blows me away. But, but I take your advice and I'm buying my clothes secondhand. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so Lena, I know, is very proud of you. She is. Yeah, she's doing good too. She's lost over 50 pounds herself doing intermittent fasting. So is I have so much support around me. It's incredible. It's it's really really great. But February of this year, my weight started going back up. And I started to binge again in my window. So I was fasting. But I was starting to really binge on crackers and goldfish and pretzels and highly processed processed foods. There you go. Ultra processed foods. Just like out of your book. All those ultra processed foods, they were calling me again. And once I take a bite, I can't stop. And they were, it was calling me and I was, I got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. This isn't working. It's not okay. And one of the things that I had started doing since starting doing intermittent fasting was baking. I love to bake and I could never bake before because I would just eat it all. And then suddenly I was able to bake and not eat it and be able to give it away and bake for other people. And I was really enjoying that. And then this year, I, I don't know, after a year of lockdown with right. the pandemic, I think stress. it just all hit me, the stress. Yeah. We were still doing Zoom preschool or Zoom kindergarten. And I was like, oh, oh. I just, it was all just a little bit too much and it just started creeping up. And so I started looking at what can I do? What can I do? And, you know, when you're ready, the, the information you need kind of presents itself. Yes, I do. So almost every post I started reading was about being sugar-free. I was like, oh no, oh no. Because I had heard <laughs> about being sugar-free for years right. in Overeaters Anonymous. And, and we everything. don't mean sugar-free, artificial sweetener sugar-free. We mean no, no more sweeteners of any kind, no, no, not having the sugar. No processed sugar, no processed flour, mm-hmm. no artificial sweeteners. I do eat fruit. Right. But no honey, no molasses, no syrup, none of that. Because that lights up that reward center of your brain. Exactly. And if you're somebody who's triggered by that, and so I am not, I can, Mm -hmm. you know, I like Mm -hmm. crunchy, salty things. That's my Mm -hmm. trigger. If I had a whole bag of Doritos, I'd be eating them all, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, you know, potato chips. But Mm -hmm. I can eat just a little bit of something sweet and I'm okay. But, of course, I'm. that's still ultra processed. It's still got those refined carbs. But it really, if, if it lights up your brain in a different kind of way, just like the drugs, it's hard or alcohol, you know, whatever it is that our, our brains are craving, it's really hard. It's, it's a physical kind of dependency. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It really is. And I didn't really understand that or get that. And then I read uh, a book, Susan Pierce Thompson's Bright Line Eating. And I was like, oh, exactly what you said. The sugar and the flour are hitting my brain exactly the way the drugs did. Right. And the craving and the obsession is set off and I can't stop. And I want to stop. And I was willing. And so since May 9th, Mother's Day, I stopped eating sugar and flour. And my weight started going down again. The craving went away almost immediately. The obsession went away almost immediately. And then someone sent us from New York bagels. And in California, you cannot get good bagels. I don't know. I don't care what anybody says. You can't. (laughs) And they sent me real New York bagels. And I was like, oh, well, I have to have one. And there's not that much sugar in them. What's the big deal? It's just a little flour, right? What's the big deal? And there was a package of three bagels. And I could not rest until they were gone. I could not. And so as soon as I finished those bagels, I was like, that's it. I can't. I can't. Experiment over. (laughs) That is just something for you that your brain is going to crave that hit that you're getting from these refined sugars and refined carbohydrates. And that just, you know, just like some people can you know, like me, I can have, you know, like, I didn't drink at all when my friend Michelle was here. And then one night, Sherry and I had a little champagne. But other than that, I didn't. I can take it or leave it, right? Yeah. But there are alcoholics who cannot. They cannot take it or leave it. It's like once you start, you're going to go and down this this binge. So, you know, it's for those of us that, that don't have that problem with certain foods, that really, if, if someone feels like they do, they do. Right, right. You know, exactly. you know yourself, and if you're if you're struggling with that, and you're like, I just can't stop, then you really need to look at that. Just yeah. as an alcoholic, just as a drug addict, it's it's a similar pathway in the brain. Yeah, yeah, and I am so grateful that I've been able to find out that information, and this time I could hear it. Right, and I think I was able to stop because of the intermittent fasting, and the whole idea that you talk about in your book, the whole idea of bio-individuality, mm-hmm. just like what you're talking about. This is about me and how it lights up in my, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean this is the way it is for everybody. Not everybody has to let go of the same foods. Right. Some people don't have to let go of any types of yep. foods. That's great. I just want people to find what they can for them so that they get the peace that I now have, the freedom that I now have. That's what exactly. I'm looking for. Exactly. And so you're not, you know, dieting or giving up foods like woe is me. Instead, you're celebrating that you've realized I can't eat those foods because they light up my brain in a way that means I can't stop eating. So I'm choosing to eat real foods that nourish my body and don't make me feel that way. And you don't feel deprived at all, do you? I do not. See, that's it's the incredible. part that people really need to hear. Yeah. You know, they might be like, oh, well, Allison just doesn't eat anything delicious. And so, but you're oh, eating no. foods that are delicious. I'm eating so many delicious foods. And I, 
every diet I was ever on, I felt deprived. I do not feel deprived now. I mean, we went out last night. My dinner was, I had soup, I had salad, then I had shrimp scampi with a giant baked potato loaded with butter and all these vegetables, and it was delicious. It wasn't low fat. It wasn't low carb. It wasn't low calorie. No. It was real food. Real food. And I don't have to count anything anymore. I don't have to. It sounds delicious. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the way I eat. I eat whole foods, but I eat beans. Mm -hmm. My body likes potatoes. That's the other part of bio-individuality. Right. Yes. So I love potatoes and my indulgence that I still do, you know, I'm not, I'm cleanish. I love that You're cleanish. Word, clean-ish. Yeah. I still love French fries. I'm still going to indulge in French fries every once in a while. Not all the time, but every once in a while. That's, yeah. Sherry that's, and I were talking about fun. that today before she left about how sad it is that so many restaurants, their French fries are just not very good. Yes. I am like, like a it's connoisseur. It's really hard to get a good French fry. I will go out of my way to go to a restaurant that has good French fries. Yes. And I'll look <laughs> but at But most them of them are not window worthy. They're yeah. not window worthy. And I'm not going to waste my, my, my window on not worthy food anymore. Yep. That's fabulous. It's powerful. So let's talk about yeah. your health victories. Yeah. You know, I know there have been many because you mentioned Lots before that you were having, you know, problems with your thyroid, your blood pressure. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, your your knees and your, how your body felt. But what, what have been your biggest health benefits? So I no longer have high blood pressure. I even posted it the other day. I had the best blood pressure I've ever had. And I that's intermittent fasting and, and all that I'm doing. It's incredible. I don't have the plantar fasciitis anymore. Amazing. I can walk around without shoes. I used to have such difficulty with my knees, I'd have to take stairs almost sideways because it would hurt more going down than going up. And now I can just go down the stairs straight. Every time I go down the stairs straight, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at me, look at me. I'm walking down the stairs. <laughs> I'm, walking down the stairs. I always, I'm like, oh, is everybody looking? I'm walking down the stairs. I'm like, you know, this 52-year-old woman walking down the stairs. Who cares? But uh, it's exciting to me. I, I no longer need thyroid medication. I was having trouble with my shoulder. I no longer have issues with my shoulder. I can keep up with my little guy and run after him. So many, so many great things. I'm no longer walking around with this feeling of being so full and having all these digestive issues. And anyone who's had a gastric bypass, you know what dumping syndrome is. And I stand up in that all the time because I couldn't stop eating. And I haven't had that since I started intermittent fasting. It's huge, huge for me. So tell us how you got started being an intermittent fasting health coach, because I really, you know, I love whenever I hear from someone in the community that's moved in that direction, because, you know, I always say it, we are changing the world, you know, one friend at a time, but you're doing it for real as a job, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked around at one point and I realized the majority of my friends and neighbors are intermittent fasting. And it's because I've been telling them about it. So and you knew you had a gift. I knew spreading it. that, that I, there's something in my story that can speak to people and that they can relate to at least something. And 
that I can help them. I already had a background in being a health educator. I have my master's degree in health education. I have a doctorate of psychology and organization development. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm an organizational psychologist. But in that, I was facilitating groups and doing individual coaching and health education and training. So I already have that background. And then, and but I've retired from doing that since having my little guy and keeping up with him. And then I realized I could help people and I've always wanted to be able to help people and that my story might be able to help. And so I went and I got my certified health coach certification and I've started helping people and being, being just putting it out there and I'm running groups and helping individuals. So, yeah. I love it. And, you know, there, there really is something to it. You know, I lost 80 pounds. You lost 140 this time. But overall, it's, it's, what's the total number from your highest? Do that, oh, man. my goodness. 200. I mean, it's, it's, like, it, it's a lot. It's, uh, it's a lot. Let me see. 226 as of wow. this morning. <laughs> see, that's amazing. 226 pounds. So, you know, I think people know that if we can do it, if we can do it, you know, we've got something to say. We're not like someone who's always been thin. He's like, buy my shakes, right? right. <laughs> you right. know, we're somebody who's like, no, you can heal your body. You can do it. You can get off that diet roller coaster that we were trapped on. And you can eat delicious food. And maybe, you know, for you, you're not going to be able to eat all the sugar and the flour because your body doesn't like it. Or for me, maybe I'm not going to drink wine every night for the rest of my life anymore because I know that doesn't serve my body well. But I, I'm not deprived. I feel better when I don't. And same with you and the what you've chosen to eat that makes you feel great. Right, right. I love the way our mutual friend Lori Lewis talks about it. And she's really helping me with my coaching journey. Mm -hmm. And she talks about eat the food you love that love you back. And that's, it's yeah, all about really feeling better. Mm -hmm. yeah. The foods you love that love you back. Yeah, the way she says that is, is absolutely perfect because if you love a food and it doesn't love you back, it's not serving your body well. Right, right. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I was abusing my body and that I don't have to do that. And I still get to eat foods that are just delicious and that I love and still have all this freedom that that to me is, is one of the best gifts that I have. So yeah, I have, I started writing down all of my non-scale victories, my NSVs. I have over a hundred of them written down now in my book. <laughs> well, tell us a few. We don't have time for a hundred. No, oh, actually, yeah, I, I would love to hear a hundred. No, but <laughs> tell no. us some of the most exciting ones. I love non-scale victories. I think one of the most exciting ones for me is Disneyland. Disneyland right. is my happy place and being able to go there. And when, when I was at some of my highest weights, I had to rent a scooter because I couldn't walk around Disneyland and I was out of breath and I couldn't do it. And I couldn't even get on a lot of the, I was afraid a lot of the right. times to get on the rides. Disneyland is built where most of the rides, bigger people can fit, but I was afraid that I would be the one who wouldn't fit on some of those rides. And some of them were just so uncomfortable. And I went in May and, with my little guy, and we went on every single ride. I ran around Disneyland with him. I don't need any extra things. I don't need a scooter. I don't, and I didn't have to stop and have a snack every five minutes. Like I used to eat my way through Disneyland. Oh, yeah. 
But and then now there was probably no time most of it doesn't even look good or feel appealing anymore. It doesn't, which is crazy to me. My big thing used to be the Mickey pretzel, and I didn't even want one last time yeah. I went. I was like, who am I? <laughs> I remember when we went to Disney, and um, I don't remember what year it was. It was some the boys were in elementary school, but we got the meal plan. Uh, and yeah. we didn't just get the meal plan, but we got the three sit-down dinner a day, three sit-down meals a day meal plan. I'm like, what? Where we, we got up and had a sit-down breakfast, a sit-down lunch, and then a sit-down dinner. That's a lot of food. Yeah. That was a lot of food. I was yeah. so excited. That was why I was there. Right? <laughs> right? Right. I used to go for the food. I used to that make was I my list yeah. of where we were going based on what time I wanted to eat what. Yeah. And this time to be able to go and not have that pull at all. Right. That, that's been one of my... My and not ha- be afraid that I wouldn't fit on any ride. I could go on and or that I would smush him on the rides that like you know swung us around. I know what you mean. Yeah, I love that. So, the ability to be present, focused with my family, with my friends, instead of the constant food chatter in my head all the time. Uh, I like to move now. That's incredible. I walk my kiddo to to school every day because I want to move. And prior to this, prior to intermittent fasting, I would be in the car, no matter where I was going. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to walk. It didn't feel good because you're moving a body that was hard to move through the world. Now, we are almost out of time. Before I ask you our final question, tell people how to get in touch with you. If they love what you've said and they're like, you know what? I think Allison is the intermittent fasting coach I've been looking for. How do they find you? Sure. I have a website. It's yourifcoach.com. It's Y-O-U-R-I-F-C-O-A-C-H.com. And they can go on there. They can send me a message or they can sign up for any of the current programs I'm offering. It's all on there. Well, I think that's great because some people really just need somebody to, to be right beside them and give them that, that you know, the support, the accountability and, and share you know, what, what they, they might need to hear a little tough love sometimes as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I can help you get a personalized plan that works for you right. based on what's going on in your life, what your goals are, mm-hmm. what all of that, what your situation. But yes, a coach can help you gently, hopefully, <laughs> let you know when you might be getting in your own way. Right. And we all do that from time to time. So in one minute or less, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish that you knew when you first started? There's a couple of things. Uh, One is keep it simple, right? Just keep it simple. When you're first starting out, decide how long you want to fast, decide when you want to stop, and just do it. Clean fast. Make sure you're clean fasting and then repeat it the next day. And the other thing, which I didn't hear the first time around when I read your book, but I reread Fast Beast Repeat, and it's all in there, is <laughs> you can't overeat and expect weight loss. Yeah. And the quality of the food you're eating matters. I mean, you have mm-hmm. whole chapters on this. I don't know how. I know. But- People just forget <laughs> that part. They're like, well, the title of your first book was Delay, Don't Deny, right? And I'm like, well, yes. But you got to read beyond the title because that's really not the premise of the whole book. You know, you can have Doritos. Don't have the family size bag of Doritos. There's right. a big difference. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, and then just be patient. The right. magic will happen. The magic is in the fast. 
The magic isn't really in what you're eating. If you're eating quality foods, don't count. Don't worry. Don't ask. Don't don't worry. How many calories and all this? Relax. Right. The magic is going to be in the fat. Although there is some magic, you know, the nutrients, but the you know we need those. The feast is very important as well. But you're right. We we need we need to have you nail the clean fast, and then let your body guide you to what foods make you feel great. Right. Right. Because it was over time that the highly processed foods became less attractive. I no longer eat fast food anymore because it just does, it's not window worthy. But that wasn't but day one. That was not day one. It right. took some time, but I'm, I'm, I'm there now and I'm so grateful. Me too. Well, Allison, this has been a pleasure. I've been looking forward to talking to you again and I'm glad that this day came and happy two year clean fast anniversary. Thank you so much. This has been great. I, I've loved spending time with you. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Because it's about to be ugly, crying, lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.